Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we chat with the new voice of the Blue Bombers, Derek Taylor, about the 2022 Blue Bombers and the moves they did in the offseason, things they still have to address, that kind of thing. And we'll also talk to Keelan Filowich of the Winnipeg Westman women's basketball team. They had a fantastic regular season. Their playoffs start in just over a week. We'll look ahead to that on the podcast. We'd have a new voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. His name is Derek Taylor. You may know him from Global Winnipeg over the years, his time on TSN, his time calling the Rough Riders. He's been on the show, this show a few times to talk about the Rough Riders, but we're going to talk about the Bombers today because that's what we're going to talk about now. Right, Derek? You're talking, you, you got to focus on the Bombers now. I'm, I'm very excited. Uh, I No word of a lie. Uh, Monday night, I spent 90 minutes compiling and analyzing Mike O'Shea coin flip decisions from his start in 2014 to this past season. So I'm ready to go. I'm curious, Derek, because you're a stats guy. Do you just hand keep all this data? How do you reference all this information? Do you have just piles of Excel spreadsheets on your computer? Oh, piles and and piles and piles. And there's always more that that you can kind of break down and break out. And there'd be more that you could look at and, and go, okay, well, how does this blocker do against this rusher? And stuff like that. And, you know, how many snaps does this guy take as a receiver versus as a blocker? There's always more you can do. But, yeah, no, I have just reams and reams of data over the last six years on uh, every player who's played in the Canadian Football League. Is part of that because the information publicly available from the league is lacking? Or is this something that you're passionate about? Is it a blend of the two? It's it's both. The CFL does great stuff with, with, its, with the data it puts out. But there was always more that I was curious about, right? Because if, if you throw out a question about who's the best receiver, well, people would go, well, I would take Lucky Whitehead from BC because look at the big impact place. Some people would go, well, I would take Kenny Lawler because, man, he, he was the, the weapon in that Winnipeg attack. But, you know, in other positions, there's less to work on. Who's the best middle linebacker? Well, there's tackles, but you go, Big Hill didn't have a ton of tackles. There's sacks, and well, Big Hill had a lot of sacks according to middle linebackers, but I sacks aren't, there's a degree to which sacks are lucky, and there's a degree to which sacks are created by other players. So I just wanted more to kind of figure out, okay, well, how do I know which which cornerback is better than, than the other cornerback? So I wanted to go in and get that because sometimes you can always you can always go deeper, let's say that. And so you'll be bringing that uh, depth of knowledge to our broadcast here on, on CJOB. And I, I have to ask you, Derek, because I saw the video that was posted by Ed Tatum, BlueBomber.com. Are, how many recliners? Is that your basement? Do you got a home theater set up there? Is that how you watch your CFL games and take track of all these notes? Yeah, so in, in our basement, the house we bought just outside of Regina, uh, my wife walked in and, and there's a whole bunch of windows that go out the package. And she fell in love with that. And then she, she FaceTimed me from the basement and she went, Look what's in the basement, and it's seven recliners and a 115-inch 4K screen and a bar and stuff. And yeah, this is this is my. As you can imagine, when the pandemic was was rampaging and movie theaters were closed, we were just fine here in our own movie theater. So, uh, if you can afford to build one in your own house and you have the room, I highly recommend it. Okay, I'll put that on my uh, dream to-do list someday as I look around my 1,000-square-foot condo. Don't quite have the space here, but maybe someday, (laughs) Derek, I'll I'll get there. So looking at the the 2022 Blue Bomber roster here, how do you think they've done 
when it ter- comes to bringing back, retaining talent, and also looking at free agency as well? Oh, I, I think it's been great so far because the big question for me was, can they really get all those star players back? And they didn't get all of them back, right? Andrew Harris is off to Toronto and Steven Richardson is off to BC. But, man, they got, they got a lot of the big ones back, right? Zach Caleros was, was the biggest free agent in the CFL. Boom, back under contract. The two tackles, who, who in my mind are the best left tackle and right tackle in the Canadian Football League, and Stanley Bryant and Jamarcus Hardrick. Boom, they're back. I said repeatedly on the air that I would, if I was an opposing GM, make Jackson Jeffcoat the highest-paid defensive player just to get him to leave Winnipeg. Boom, he's back. Willie's back. Adam Big Hill is back as the man in the middle and the reigning most outstanding defensive player. You can't keep a guy from going to the NFL, so, you know, stuff like that happens. But I think as far as the stars go and the guys who will be impact stars, I think they've done a tremendous job. Kenny Lawler did get away, but in my mind, if you're, if you're going to pay Greg Ellingson a half to three-fifths of what Kenny Lawler got from Edmonton, I think that's a fantastic move on the Bombers' part. So uh, from afar, I'm, I'm really impressed with what they've been able to do like I said, Jeff Cook, I would make him the highest-paid defensive player in the league. He took much less than that to stay, so it, it says a lot about what he sees in the value in the Bombers and, and what the Bombers provide that's not monetary to these players. I know that whenever I've asked any players so far this year about three-peat, they'll either bristle at the notion, they won't really acknowledge that it's, uh, it's in their minds, but it kind of has to be, doesn't it? Because you've got an opportunity to be the first team since the early 80s to win more than two Grey Cups in a row. And and the allure of, of going for one more has to be a big part on top of the culture angle, which is a, probably a bigger deal, but still a part of the puzzle as well, when it comes to players taking less money to stay with this franchise. Yeah, and I, I'd be curious if you said, well, what do you think about, are you going to try to win the Grey Cup this year? And they'd be like, yeah, we're going to win the Grey Cup every year. It's like, well, okay, but that would make it three in a row. So it's, I guess they don't want to, lob that upon them uh, themselves but they're i mean as you look around the canadian football league right now there are questions with virtually every other team and and the questions i see with the bombers are are much more minor calgary is bullied by mitchell healthy saskatchewan with cody fajardo's slump in 2021 real and what are you going to do to protect him on the offensive line bc are you really going with a second year quarterback with all that talent okay well we'll see how that works Edmonton, I don't know what you're doing, but Kenny Lawler is nice. Thank you for the paycheck that's coming. So as you as you look around it, I think Winnipeg has the fewest questions, and they they're going to have to talk about, hey, can we can we win the Grey Cup again? Because if why would we not be having that conversation with their performance since Zach Kalil took over? Okay, so what are your questions for the Blue, Blue Bombers this year? Uh, okay, so uh, American defensive interior, Stephen, I love Stephen Richardson. That guy, I mean, uh, Bomber fans know what I'm talking about, the stove. He's, he's in there, and he, he got pressure from the defensive interior like few other guys in this league do. I love that Jake Thomas is back. I love the guys on the edge, but what do you do there? Uh, but up, 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 you now have, you have Winston Rose at, uh, at halfback, or pardon me, a quarter. Uh, Alford's back. Uh, Alford or Nichols? Nichols is back. Excuse me, I had that backwards. And Brandon Alexander should return at some point. And I feel like Richie Hall will have the defense intact. That said, Lawler gone. He was the big weapon. Darvin Adams is gone as well from that offense. And Darvin had some problems with health. 
but he was the deepest targeted receiver in the league last season. He's that field stretcher. So who who becomes that guy? And as much as I I think and I will advocate for running backs are probably are pretty replaceable in professional football. There's going to be questions when you when you lose Andrew Harris, right? He ran the ball well. He, uh, in my mind, there's no better protector from the backfield than Andrew Harris in the league at diagnosing where where blitzers and rushers are coming from. And he's a, and he's a threat out of the backfield to catch the ball. So can Augustine Oliveira, Borsa, whoever whoever might take those roles. Uh, get that done. And then there'll always be the questions about when you have the best quarterback in the CFL, in my mind, they, they absolutely do. And Zach Caleros, what happens if Zach misses some time? It's Dakota Prukop, Drew Brown, and whoever else might, might come in. That's, that's a real drop off. And every team faces that, right? Because if we lose our starting quarterback by nature, our second one isn't as good. And that's the most important position in sports. So still there remain some questions for me. Is your left guard? Can Jeff Gray fill that hole? There, there are ones, but like I say, they're not as big to me as ones that other teams face. And the team has been able to answer the questions the last couple of years, and also the scouting of the team has done really well with finding you know diamonds in the rough like Alford, like Nickel, who going into training camp this past year, no one had heard of. A couple of years ago, it was Kenny Lawler, who was someone no one had heard of up here, and Rasheed yep. Bailey, same thing, comes in. And it's just been you know diamond in the rough after diamond in the rough. When Drake Nevis left after the 2019 title, there were questions about the interior. The Bombers filled it. And uh, part of that was Richardson. Casey Sales will will get more of a run this year. But I think you're right, Derek. Just looking around the league, there are a lot of questions. And uh, the Bombers are the kings. Until you knock them off the throne, they're going to be the kings that uh, everyone else is gunning for. Well, and here's one thing. I was was compiling. I have depth charts from the past six years or whatever in the Canadian Football League. So I was just compiling them for the Bombers. And it's 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 crazy how healthy they have been. Yes. Like Stanley Bryant, I think, has started all but three games, and I think one of them was they sat him down this past season just to, just to get him a day off, right? They've had a lot of, of either luck or they're doing something that other teams aren't doing as far as health. The Riders this season at one point had 17 guys on the six-game injured list. And, yeah, the Bombers, you know, Missed Stephen Richardson for some games and Andrew Harris and Kyrie Wilson and stuff. But what do they have the depth within the organization if they went through an aberration of an injury type season as the Riders did this past year? That'll be something to check. But you you can only do what you can do, right? You you have your 24 guys, you throw them out there as your starters, and you uh, and you you everybody's hoping that everybody stays healthy. Just what what can you do when that doesn't happen and that's not the case? Oh, and by the way, we went through it in 2021, so we should mention, what are they going to do at kicker? Because that was that was yeah. a real storyline in 2021. Right. They made it most of the season really without one. And then Sergio mm-hmm. Castillo comes in and, and was just awesome. But he's going to look for a shot in the NFL. You're right. That's That was a big question going into 2021 after Justin Medlock retired. Certainly something to, to look at going into this uh, off season and, and into 2022. So we mentioned how they look against a lot of the, the Western teams. Just quickly, a thought on the East, Derek, before I let you go, Ottawa obviously adds a lot of people to their roster. Um, what do you think of the revamped East division? And are any of them going to challenge Hamilton for the East title, the team that's won it the last couple of years? I think Ottawa has got to be considered a contender now. Like they, they'll have 
all the questions I had about them the last two years were with, hey, you guys don't really have any talent playing on the field. So what are you going to do about that? And this season, they got everything and everybody, right? Offensive line, four deep at receiver, William Powell in the backfield. They got the quarterback that's been missing. Hey, here's some, here's some rush end talent. We're covered in the back end as well. Ottawa has done a ton to improve itself. So to me, they're probably from the worst team in the league. They're probably now second best in the East. I still think Hamilton, even losing Banks and Acklin and Jagiri Davis, I still think Hamilton's got it going on because uh, they can still cover and they can still rush the passer both inside and out. Uh, they should be able to protect because the guys they've lost on the offensive line, Jordan Murray, whatever, we can, we can discuss that uh, another day. They were fine. I still think Hamilton's the class. Edmonton, or pardon me, uh, Toronto. Toronto was, I believe it was 7-1 and one in one-score games last season. And what you see over the years is year over year that regresses. One-score games are attributed a lot to luck. So if you win six more games and you lost in one-score games, you're going to win fewer games the next season. So to me, Toronto's going to take a step back. And Montreal, Montreal's losing talent. And I just, I've, I've never kind of been on Team Vernon Adams. So to me, they're they're three-four with Ottawa having passed the two of them. But I, as it stands right now. What are we, February 23rd? Hamilton and, and Winnipeg are the class of the league, in my mind. And that's what I believe that the gambling odds say as well. So there's not a lot of value to betting on the Bombers, but it, you'll win money if you bet on them right now to win the Great Cup, that's for sure, because uh, even the favorites are, are going to give you money when it comes to the uh, betting on the Great Cup in February. Derek, appreciate your time tonight. Congrats again on the new gig, and I look forward to the ch- many chats we'll have going forward here about the Blue and Gold. As do I, my friend. Thank you. Let's turn our attention to university basketball now because the Winnipeg Westman women's basketball team has completed its regular season. Now waiting for the Canada West playoffs to begin next weekend. Still a handful of games in different divisions this weekend that will determine the seeding for the postseason. But Winnipeg went 14-2. and Could get a bye straight through to the quarterfinals depending on the results in the coming days. But regardless, it's been a fantastic season led by fifth-year transfer Keelan Filowich. The Vincent Massey grad was the conference player of the year in the 2019-20 season at UBC and decided during the pandemic to transfer to Winnipeg for her final season of eligibility. She's fifth in the conference in points per game, fourth in rebounds, second in field goal percentage. She's been awesome, and she joins me now on the CJOB Sports Show. Keelan, you're in waiting mode now. You'll know by Sunday night who you'll play in the postseason, but are you getting antsy yet, not knowing who you'll be playing and if you'll get that two-day bye? Yeah, I think there's a little bit of that going on. I mean, with the year that we've had, I think we're kind of used to it now, this play a weekend, get a weekend off kind of thing. So I think there's a lot of excitement to see who we play, but at the same time, we're we're really just focusing on ourselves and something that our coaches reiterated to us time and time again. It's what what we need to do. We need to focus on us and whoever we play, we can game plan that down the road. But for right now, we're focusing on us, which is really nice. So you go 14 and two in the regular season. You only played four different teams. That's just the way the schedule worked. How would you assess how the season went for your team? I think we had a a pretty good season. I mean, obviously there's lots of growth happening and especially coming off a year, not playing. We weren't really sure how things were going to go. Um, but we had no games canceled uh, due to COVID, which was awesome. And, I mean, we had a, 
a good preseason, got to see a lot of teams out West, which was really nice because we don't see them in season. Um, and then going throughout season, I mean, I think we have one of the most challenging divisions within Canada West. I mean, Sask, they're ranked number two in the country. Um, and Regina, I don't think they get the respect and credit that they, they deserve but because they have us in staff. So maybe their record doesn't reflect it, but I think they're they're right up there. So um, to come out of our division with only two losses, I think it's a real a real um, pat on the back back to us because we worked hard and I think we're we're pretty happy with how things are going for us right now. So those games against Saskatchewan are just so important. You split here in, in Winnipeg earlier in the season and then past weekend, you, you drop the opener, you barely break 40 points in that game. How important was it to come back the next night and, and win that one and show, hey, Saskatchewan, it's not going to be that easy playing us? Yeah, I mean, that Friday night was such a tough loss um, because, yeah, we are held half of the points that we're used to scoring and it it was nothing that they were doing but we stopped ourselves like we couldn't buy a bucket we were probably like our worst game of the whole season and to have us even we are in the game even up until the fourth we're tied so it's kind of like we're playing our worst basketball, but we're still in these games against these big teams. So imagine what's going to happen when we actually fight, have things going, we're clicking, um, and we put together a full 40 minutes. So, I mean, it's it's hard playing fast and losing, um, knowing that we can do better, but I'm glad that we came out the next night and uh, got, the, got the win because going in, both of us 14 and two, it's, it's way better. Well, and now you, you again, you have to kind of wait to see where you're going to finish overall. Top three teams get a bye to the third day. Alberta's twelve and two. Uh, Fraser Valley's fifteen and two. Trinity Western's fifteen and three. Now it's going to end up being points percent or win percentage because some of those teams are playing more than you, some are playing less than you. But how much of curiosity do you have just to, to be able to face teams outside your division now and wonder, hey, how good are we actually compared to the rest of the conference? No, exactly. I think it's really exciting, and we're all um, super pumped to see different teams because we have been seeing the same four teams the past few months. But uh, we got a little taste, or not a little, a pretty big taste of uh, the BC League. We played UFD in preseason. We played Trinity in preseason. We played um, UBCO. So we kind of know what they're about um the alberta league to us is a little bit um new and unknown because we we didn't have a chance to play any of them in the preseason so like it's it is a waiting game and it is exciting and i think uh that no matter who we match up with now i think we uh will stand will stand a good chance how do you think the season went for you having transferred from UBC where you were the reigning conference player of the year to now come home and finish out your university career in your hometown with the Westman? I mean, it's been an amazing opportunity and one that I never really planned for, but um, I really can't complain. It's gone um, as I expected. I love playing in front of my family, having my grandparents, my parents, my friends, 
all being able to watch my final season um, and playing with all the girls that I grew up playing against and with. Um, it's been really special and something that, again, I never thought that would be possible for me, but I'm happy it worked out this way. What was that moment like senior night a couple of weeks ago when you got your family together on the court and you were able to have that moment with your family? Yeah, it was, it was nice. I mean, um, to reflect on my five years at UBC and my one year here, um, there's a lot of memories, a lot of friends I made. And I mean, it's gone by so quickly. I remember being my first year and thinking, oh my gosh, that's so far away. But then it just kind of goes by and um, you're left thinking, where did the time go? But um, it was something super special and I'm glad they all got to be there. And through this COVID year, we've, um, they've got to experience kind of this ride with me. And so now next weekend, you're going to be playing, uh, on either Saturday or Sunday. We don't, we're not sure yet when your first game will be, but what happens between now and then in terms of getting ready for the playoffs? Is it practicing every day? How does that look? Yeah, so we've been practicing every day this week. Um, I mean, we're we're in full go mode. We don't want time to go by and us thinking, oh, we could have done more. Um, we want to finish the season with no regrets. So, um, I mean, this week we don't play, so we're doing a lot of conditioning, um, a lot of transition work um, on court and stuff. Um, next week it'll probably lighten up as we go into the weekend, but getting a good solid practice Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, next week. And then we head out Thursday morning um, and hopefully get to practice sometime on Thursday and Friday, depending again, yeah, when we play. Um, and those ones will probably be lighter, but really digging in for the next couple of days um, till we leave Winnipeg. Uh, so that again, yeah, we have no regrets going into playoffs and uh, we can just put it all out there. How far can this team go? Can they win the whole country this year? Oh, I think it's very doable. I mean, we've had a great um, regular season, and to finish off playing against the regular, to finish playing the regular season um, against the reigning national championships or champions, I mean, that's getting us totally prepared for playoffs. Um, and again, I think the only people that are stopping us are, are ourselves. Uh, I think we can play with anybody in the country and we look forward to it, uh, but don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. We're going to take it one, one game at a time. And I'm sure, you, I mean, you've, you've played with against Canada Giles and Faith Hezekiah for years now. How great was it to, to play with them this year? And the three of you are three of the top 10 scorers in the conference this year. Yeah, it's been an, an amazing opportunity uh, to play with Faith and Kiana uh, we all got to play on uh, provincial teams together um, and, yes, played numerous years against Kiana and Faith, um, both in high school and at university. But this year it's been special, I think, for all of us because it's we've had a little bit of the load taken off of us. I mean, if somebody's not performing, somebody else is, and you find the hot hand and everybody's, uh, good about passing the ball around, um, making sure whoever's hot is getting their shots. Um, but it's it's nice having so many playmakers out on the floor, like even Robin and Anna 
they're amazing uh, guards out there facilitating and they're scorers as, scorers as well. So it makes teams have to guard five. They can't just um, key in on one or two players. Get you out of here on this. That buzzer beater a couple weeks ago against Regina was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. <laughs> what, how, where yeah. does that rank in terms of wild finishes to a basketball game you've been a part of? Oh, it, it would be right up there. I don't think I've been in a more chaotic last minute and 30, uh, or mi- yeah, minute and 30 seconds in basketball ever because that was the amount of turnovers, mistakes made by both. Teams. I mean, um, we by no means in the other minutes deserved to win that game. However, I think we worked our butts off in the last minute and 30 to make sure we got that win. And uh, for Kiana to hit it against her old team, I mean, it's a, it's a perfect ending. And we'll see if y'all can put a perfect ending on your career here with uh, a potential spot in the national championships coming up. We'll see how the Winnipeg Westmen do in the playoffs. Appreciate your time tonight, Keelan. Thanks for this and best of luck here. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m., of course. That is when the Jets are not playing, because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre- and post-game coverage anyway. Thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places, I'd imagine. So farewell, until we meet again. So long and thanks for all the fish. So sad that it should come to this. We try to warn you over the day. You may not share our intellect.